Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, you sound good this morning. I want to take just a second, look into the camera, and welcome those of you that are watching online right now at shallowoutreach.com and all of you on Facebook Live. I want to give a big shout-out to all of you ladies at our campus at the Claiborne County Detention Center and all of you at our Tazewell location. We are one church wherever you are, so let's come together and give each other a big hand. Would you do that? So, uh, so very proud of uh, Tazewell and, and, and the ladies, too, uh, at the detention center. Every week, every, I, look, I look forward to it. Every week hearing the reports of what's happening over there, uh, three, three, three uh, salvations last week, and then, of course, the Tazewell every week is, is, uh, is, is the, the growing over there has, has been mind-blowing to us, and, uh, and you are full in the early service and then uh, and, and, and working over half in the second, and, and it's exciting to see what God is doing over there. We're going to have to get some of those first service folks to move over to the second one and help them a little bit, but... Uh, but it's, uh, it's really exciting. We're, um, we're not in a series right now. It's kind of a little bit different of a time season that we're in. But we're just in a, doing some standalone messages and uh, coming off of our Easter. at had a great, great Easter time, 14 uh, salvations on Easter and uh, just a, a phenomenal time. And so we've been working on some things that will help us. Uh, in our path along the way since then, especially for those of you that just recently committed your life to the Lord. And so today, what I want to talk about is dealing with pressure. How many of you have had some pressure in your life? Can I know what I'm talking about, okay? And so today, I want to talk a little bit about dealing with pressure and that God's answer to that, because God does have an answer for dealing with pressure and, and stress. And we live in a world right now where that it's just full throttle, right, for everybody. And, and all we can do to keep up most of the time, and I know that's the story of my life. Um, I, I want to say just starting out today, and I don't usually do this one, but, but uh, this message is for me. I, uh, the message today for, for me for sure, and I'm, just, I'm glad all you all came. <laughs> so, but, uh, but I do believe that it will apply itself all the way across the board, not just to myself, but to, to everybody all the way across uh, today. And, um, and so we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at God's plan for someone that's dealing with stress and not doing too well with it, or just somebody, anybody right now that feels overwhelmed, overwhelmed with things. And so it says this in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24, here it goes. An intelligent person aims at wise action. So whenever you hear, whenever you see this wise word or wisdom biblically, it's talking about the wisdom of God. And it says an intelligent person aims at the wisdom from God. And here's the idea behind that is just simply this, is that God's way works. It does. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not up here saying, oh, I do that every time or none of that. I've, I've done just like all of us. You kind of drift into, you have to come right back to doing things the way God uh, tells us to do them because they work. And one of the things I think that we struggle with in understanding this is that God loves us and God wants something for us, not from us. We have this idea that it's just like the church is kind of, I mean, maybe the message has been wrong over the years or something, that God just wants something from you. But, but God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And His plan works. And if we follow it, it'll work. And so today what I want to do is I want to draw a picture. And I want you to think for just a minute as I get ready to draw this picture for you uh, of our life. 
And I'm going to draw a picture of my life, okay, as we go along here. And hopefully we'll be able to see that if we're in a bad place, we'll be able to recognize it. Because what happens is, is that if we get in a bad place, it's hard to know that we're in a bad place until we've already, you know, got to the end of that road and we wake up in a horrible place, if I can say it that way. And so, and it's easy to do. It's easy to do. For anybody that thinks it's not, I would, I would caution you against that. It's easy. And so he says that an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty of just too much. We live in a culture today where we're down in the energy drinks and the caffeine just so we can do a little bit more, you see. And I want to submit to you that God has a way, and the way is better. And the way that, he, that way that's better, he wants that for you, Okay. So what we're going to do in this picture is we're just going to look into our own lives. And we're going to ask ourselves, I'm just going to ask you to do it. I'm asking myself this. I'm going to ask you to do this. I want to ask you to look into your own life and ask yourself, is that, is that me? Is that where I am right now? And so the first one, this is what it looks like. This is some of the problems, okay, is this, is that my resistance is lower. Now, what I mean by that is this, is that our resistance to do the right thing will be lower. Our resistance, and, and, and here's what's to understand about that, is that that manifests itself differently with different people. Okay, so like for instance, I, I, I don't, I'm not an alcohol person. I don't drink alcohol, okay? But some folks, they, if they get in a bad place or they get in a place where the pressure's on, then that's their natural tendency to lean that way. You know, but mine may be something else, you see, or yours may be something else. But you can see this in Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. Jesus kind of, he explains all this. He says, be careful. He wants us to kind of watch out here. Be careful. He says, or your hearts will get weighed down. And then he gives the different ways that that could happen. They could get weighed down with carousing. You could get just kind of living out a whatever life, you know. He says, or drunkenness maybe. That may be the angle that you end up in every time. Or it could be, like in my own life, the anxieties of life just begin to weigh you down. You begin to feel the weight of all of it. And, 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 and so while, it's, while it may, one of them may not apply to you, but I'm sure one of them has applied to you at some times where you begin to feel the weight of life, okay? And so we're looking at this picture today. We're just going to look at this for just a few more, a few more of them here. here. Here's another problem that happens with us is that our emotions become inconsistent. Here, what I mean is this. You can find yourself crying for no reason at all. Or you could find yourself getting angry before you... And, and, and actually stopping for just a minute and thinking to yourself, now, you know, I wouldn't normally get mad over that. Why am I getting so angry so quickly, you see? But what it is, our emotions become inconsistent when we become depleted emotionally. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going at here. There is all of us... Every one of us is in the same place. We all have a certain amount of emotional energy, okay? And when we become depleted emotionally, our emotions are inconsistent at that time. And, 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 and you find ourselves just up and down. And what happens is it steals from us. It robs us. 
You see this in Job chapter 9. He says, my days go by faster than a runner. When I'm living like this, I don't know what's happening with time. I mean, it's Monday one day and it's Friday the next. And then he goes on to say, they fly away without me seeing any joy. What does it rob us of? It robs us of joy. And, I, and what I'm not talking about here is happiness. The, the old English word happy comes from the word hap, the root word hap. And that word hap, the old English word, means by chance. That's what happiness is. Happiness is by chance, right? I mean, you might be happy one minute, <laughs> come on, right? But if our circumstances are different, you're not so happy the next. But joy is something that comes from within. And what the enemy's trying to do is steal what God has placed in us from within, our joy, you see. And, and he's good at it, everybody. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here because and, 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 I'm guilty of every bit of this. I mean, like I told you in the beginning, I'm there with you, okay? But the, the phones, the screens, 85 to 90% of our information is coming through a screen today. We're connected to the whole world in Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of the social media outlets. We're, we're connected. And, and all of that, it is an emotional drain on us. And the problem is, is that we only have so much emotional energy that we can give away. And whenever it's depleted and it's gone, and, and here's the tragedy of that, a lot of times we don't even know this is happening. That's why the picture we, we don't know it, but what happens is it steals our joy away from us, and we're just trying to figure out, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? Why are my emotions up and down so much? And then here's another problem. This is one that I've, that I've dealt with over the, in, in the past several times, is that my productivity suffers. Now, I, I grew up, my children grew up on a farm. I didn't, but my children did. I lived on a hill way back. I had no neighbors. And I'm going to tell you, I like that solitude. I miss that a little bit. But, uh, but I had to get a little closer as I began to here at the church. I got a little closer and moved into the big city again and, and everything. But for years, that's where they, they grew up. And, um, and we, my father-in-law lived about a half a mile away from me at the, at, down at the bottom. And, um, and we were always working together always doing something, and he was so helpful to me. He was retired, and, and he was just a man of wisdom. You know, somebody just, just common sense. You ever meet somebody just, just eat up with common sense, and usually if you didn't listen to him, you regret it. You ever met somebody like that? You know, you just finally learned to just listen to them. And so and one day we're up there cutting, a lap had fell, and, and an old tree, and we're up there cutting the tree, and we both have chainsaws. Now, I've got an old chainsaw at the time, the kind you pump the oil. You know, they got the pump on. It was an old home light, you know. And I had that, I had a good new blade on that thing. We are cut, you know. I mean, just going through that tree like it wasn't nothing. And we get all the way almost to the end, and my chain is needing sharpening, okay? It's not going to do anymore. And I'm getting a little smoke off that thing. So you know what you do? You pump a little more oil in it, right? right so I'm putting a little more oil in it, and I'm just trying my best to get it to work, smoke, boiling everywhere. And I look over, and my father father-in-law is sitting over there on a rock and he looks at me and he gives me this little get a little, a little snigger you know like and then he just looks down again he's sitting there with a file doing this number sharpening the blade I'm over there, smoke boiling everywhere smoke out of the chainsaw smoke out of the chain pump more oil in it that's what we try to do pump more caffeine in it 
I was putting oil to it. Finally, I just give up. I had destroyed the chain. There was no sharpening that chain. It was over. I had melted it to the ground. And, it, and, and I, I went over there and sat down, and I was so disappointed. just had ten, maybe five, ten minutes left there to cut. My father-in-law comes up, fires that chainsaw up, reaches over there, and he sits in on that tree in chunks. I'm not making this up. That big around is flying over top of him, and literally within three minutes, he cut the rest of that tree up. And I remember later on thinking, you know, that's exactly how I've lived a lot of my life. Just burning it up as hard as I could, trying to do just a little bit more. But I tell you, there's a lot of wisdom in stopping for a little bit and sharpening the chain, everybody. And our productivity will suffer. It may not seem like it, but it will. We can do a whole lot more in life by doing it God's way. Proverbs 21 and 5 says it this way, careful planning puts you ahead. In other words, if you do not make your schedule, the world will make your schedule. It will. And he says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. And it's true. It doesn't seem that way. It's, you know, it seems like it's working when you're just constantly burning the, the candle at both ends. But it really doesn't work. And then before you know it, before you know it, the next thing comes up. And it's just that your life begins to lose meaning. You're trying to figure out the purpose of everything and why am I, why am I, and what, you know, and all of that kind of thing. It just, it loses all of its meaning. Psalm 39 and 6 says it this way. It says, we're merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. And it's the truth. We heap up wealth because you know why? Because we live in a, in, a, in a culture that teaches us that that's the answer. That if you have a little bit more, you're going to have security. You're going to have uh, recognition. All of the things that, that everybody wants out of life. And so heaping up the wealth. And, and he says this, he says, we heap it up. And then the truth of the matter at the end of the day, we don't even know who's going to spend it or where it's going to go. And... And so, we're in this, we're in a picture right now. And, and, and I, I just, I wonder, I, I'm not, in my own life, all of it has applied to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but so far, it's all, I'm, I'm there with every bit of it. And, and, and that's where I am. And then the end result is a difficult place to be. Because when you get there, you don't know how to get back. Okay? And here it is. My relationship with God seems distant. There was a time when things were better. There was a time when it didn't seem so far away, you see. And, and, and what happens is, is that the world and everything about it grabs us. Become overshadowed with things and just uh, uh, pushing and push a little bit more. And then pretty soon our relationship a relationship with God seems distant. And here's the truth of the matter, because somebody's going to come up and say this to you, you know, and, and they're going to say, well, just, you know, all you got to do is just go back. Well, uh, yeah. But how many of you know, let's just be honest for just a minute. I may be a little too honest for everybody today, but I'm just going to pour it out here. How many of you know that's easier said than done? Come on, somebody. We're going, is it okay to be real today? Can I just be real with you? Is that, is that going to work? Uh, yeah, my, our relationship with God seems distant. And I'll tell you, when you're in that place, 
you really don't know how to get back. And for somebody to just say, well, just go back, well, yeah, I, you know, I wish it was that easy. And what happens is, is that in this thing we're seeing is that it, it, it happens piecemeal, little at a time until we end up in a horrible place. And, and by the time we get there, we're just trying to figure out how in the world we're going to get back, even get our sanity back. And, and all of that because of, a, of living a life that's outside of God's plan in a hurry and rushing and all of that, trying to do just a little bit more. And Psalm 46 and 10 says it this way. He says, be still and know that I am God. I'm going to finish that verse in just a minute. But I, my wife, years ago, because I'm, I'm the person, I have never needed help getting out of the bed in the morning, everybody. I, I've had two jobs, I think, all of my life. That I can think of. Ever since I've been working. I, when I turned 16, I had to give up seven yards I was mowing so I could go to my job. I had a new job. But, you know, I mean, I've always been doing it. I was a go-getter. And, and, I, and I've either worked two jobs or worked uh, either one job that was like working two jobs. But either way, I had to, you know, get that. And, and, it, and, it, and the thing is, is that the, the being still thing, what it is, it's a test. And the test is... Do I trust God or do I trust me? I know that because I failed that test a whole lot. I've spent a lot of my time trusting God, I mean trusting myself for my future rather than trusting God for my future. And so being still was something that I could not do because I had to get it done, you see. And then what happens is, is that there's no joy in it. Our relationship with God is distant. Our emotions are up and down and they're inconsistent. And all of those things are happening to us. And and I'll tell you, one of the things that you could say in life that would help you more than anything is no. But you can't do everything. And you can't put enough caffeine in there to get it all done and enough energy to get it all done. And people will pour on more and more and more and more and more. And and there's no way. And, And he says, if you'll be still... And know that I am God. Watch this. He said, I will be honored by that. See, the truth is, is that we actually honor God when we do that. When we take the time to, to, to set a schedule that's honoring to Him and not one that's pushing us all the time until we're completely exhausted, you see. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 says it this way, Better is a handful with quietness than two handfuls with labor and vexation of spirit. I remember one time, and I, my, I have a hard time getting my wife to ride a motorcycle with me much, and I, I love the motorcycles. And, and, but one day I talked her into taking a ride with me, and we went around up there to 92. Some of you live up there, I think, and, and uh, we have some folks here that live there. And so, but we were, we were riding around there just doing a circle, and... I remember we were going by this house, and like I say, I've always just more, 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 just always that, you know, uh, just more. And, and, and I, we went by this little place, and it was just a little small place, a little bitty place, and it was very well kept, real neat, you know, and everything about it. And it just, I mean, maybe big enough for two people, barely. And, and they, they had this beautiful little flower deal going on in the front and these two older people were sitting out in front and he had that big old straw hat on. Now, I wear a straw hat. Don't judge me. Okay? There, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
So he, he had his straw hat on. I was admiring that. But, but we went by there, and, and, and my wife bends over, and, and she says, you know, sometimes I wish our lives could be like that. Because I've learned that the more you get, the more you've got to keep up with. Ooh, I'm just talking about me. You don't have to get mad. I've learned that. It's true. And there's a challenge for all of us as to whether or not we're trusting God or trusting ourselves. And whether or not we're going to let a world absolutely rob us of our joy and peace. See, the truth of the matter is, and this is in my own life, I'm just talking about me here. But in my life, the distance, everybody, the distance between the truth I know and the truth I live has always equaled the pain I experience. You can know to do it, but unless you apply it. You know, we, we can say, well, well, I understand the wisdom of God in this and that, that I need to trust the Lord, that I can accomplish more that way, you see, because the distance there, the, those two things, the distance between knowing what to do and actually applying it will always equal the pain. In other words, if there's a huge distance between the two, there's going to be a whole lot of pain between the two. And the more we can narrow that gap, the less the pain. And then we read as we're going into the Scriptures in a post-resurrection part of the Scriptures, after the, I mean, New Testament, New Covenant, okay, just make sure that we're in the right place in the Bible here, in Hebrews, the answer. Here it goes. He said, there remains. Everybody say remains. Remains means it still exists, right? So there remains then a Sabbath rest. So there's still a Sabbath rest that God has given us. You know, in fact, Jesus said this about a Sabbath rest. Jesus said it was for us. It was for us. So that God actually has a plan for us that works. And he says there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And anybody that enters into that rest also rests from their works, from their works, They're trusting God then as God did from His. He sets this example from the very beginning. And then he said, let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest. Because if we don't make every effort to do it, we'll leave this building today the same way we came in it. And then that distance between what I know to do and what I should do gets bigger and the pain gets bigger with it, you see. So what is the answer I'm going to tell you what my answer is, what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something I've never done before. In the last couple of years, I've pulled back at times. I've, I've pulled away at times from things. But then it seems like if I do that, there's more in the church that comes up. So it's, you know, it's, it's never, I mean, it's, you know, it, I, I, last, so let me say it this way. In August, starting in August to January, I had three different months where I went over 25 days without a day off. I had, I don't know how many events we had on top of services that we had or, and funerals and weddings, and I, I, don't, I don't even know. There was no weekends. There was nothing. It was always something all the way up through there. And then 21 straight days, uh, you know, uh, of, of speaking and all of that. And I was just exhausted. And I remember my, my, uh, my pastor, who's always Pastor Dan, he... Uh, He's always saying something to me right on time, you know. And, 
And Dan said, he said, David, you told me that you believe that this was a lifetime assignment. Do you still believe that? I said, I do. I believe I'm going to stay and that this will be where I'll finish right here. He said, well, if you don't change what you're doing, you'll never make it. And this is coming from a guy that just retired from a church after 40-plus years. He said, so I'm telling you from experience that if you don't change what you're doing, you will not make it. You can't run on empty like that. They just, you, you're not going to be able to do it. And he started encouraging me about a sabbatical. So that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to start off. At, this is the Sunday after this one. I'm going to start off after next Thursday, start a sabbatical, six weeks. Where I brought in, got speakers coming in. I got, we got at the movies and all that coming. And everything is, is, is ready for that. But just to take a break for a little bit and just decompress a little bit. And you know what? Live out what you preach. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, that, that, that sounds like a good idea. And there, but there's an answer. And, and you know the challenge that I have? I'm just being transparent with you here. But the, the, the challenge that I have, I have to trust God. I have to ask, answer some questions like, whose church is this? Is this the Lord's church or my church? I believe it's the Lord's, right? And, and, and so there's some answers to it, and I want to give you some of those. I want to give you some solutions to it and some things that you can do to shorten the distance between what you know and what the pain you experience there. We're going to try to shorten that distance a little bit. And the first one is this, I will rest my body. You need to rest. Psalm 127 and 2 says this, In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. You know, the opposite of that is trusting God, son. Truett Cathy teaches us this, really. I mean, he is the owner of Chick-fil-A for years and his family now, but, but closing on Sunday? Can I tell you all the truth? I just got to be, I mean, I'm not a fan I go buy Chick-fil-A on Sunday. I want to eat. They closed it down. A restaurant. Shut it down. How many of you know they did okay? Right? They made it. And it was him doing nothing but just trusting in God, you see. I'm trying to get, we're, we're trying to gain some wisdom here today. I'm telling you, God's way works. And, and listen to this, because you may have never heard it before, but God is for you. Like, His plan is for you. God doesn't want something from you, and this church doesn't want something from you. We want something for you, you see. And, 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 and His plan will work. And the second thing is this, I will replenish my soul during this time. I will replenish my soul. And, I, and, and do that with, with a quietness, you see. And, and, with a, with, a, with a be still moment. Yeah, here's what I, here's what I mean by that. And, and I'm just, again, I'm asking myself this question. Maybe you're better than I am at this one, but when's the last time that you just completely would have a moment of be still? The last time that you would just allow everything to be quiet for a little bit. I can't even think of the last time I've done that. The last time that you look at the clouds and just sit and watch them go by and, and, and just, just with quietness. Finding a place, you see, with quietness. Psalm 23 says it this way, and this is so powerful. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. See, the truth of the matter is, is that we can voluntarily do things God's way, 
or we can keep pushing it and eventually we will do things that way. But it always ends bad that way. By making the choice first to do things God's way, we can, we can be still and, and He leads us. Let me, let me show you something about this leading word. You see, people and the world will push. Okay? They'll push. They'll want more, want more out of you, do more, get more, all of that, more demands on your life. They'll place all that. People will do that. The world will push. And God, watch this, He leads us, everybody. That's the difference. Let me ask you something. Do you feel pushed in life right now, or do you feel like you're being led beside quiet waters? Because that's God's plan. None of, us were, none of us were designed to live in a world that completely depletes our emotional energy, has no rest whatsoever. None of us were designed with that. So we, so we be still and we just take a moment. We replenish our soul, you see. And then let me give you another one to do. This is a good one right here. This is a, because you got to have some fun. I'll do it with enjoyment. In other words, it's okay to smile and be a Christian. Wow, that was a new one right on you. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to look like we we're, we're, uh, have a vinegar lollipop all the time. I mean, it don't have to be that way. We can be happy. Smile, everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, smile. Won't hurt you. Use them face muscles. With enjoyment, you see. Proverbs 17, 22 says this, A cheerful heart's like good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones it's so true a crushed spirit will dry up the bones and then another thing is that i want to talk just for a second about how 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 can we get back how can we get into god's plan and and i believe this it's when we surround ourselves with people that are going in the same direction we want to go in now, don't look at your neighbor right now. Please don't do that. Well, I'm going I'm to throw this one out there. We'll have counseling for the next three months if you do. Just, just stay straight ahead right now, straight ahead with me, and we'll all just think on it, okay? We're going to think on it together. But have you met somebody that depletes you? Straight ahead. I know a few. And, I mean, it just, it just drains the life out of you. But to be around somebody that adds life to you, you see. To get around people that will, that, that will actually add value and add life to you. That's why he tells us in Hebrews 10 and 25, which is, by the way, a small group message, I believe, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I mean, you can apply that to Sunday morning, but I really believe it's more of a small group. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, and folks, it is approaching. We'll work on that in maybe around August or something. We're, we need a good uh, message that kind of brings us up to date on where we're at in this world. But it is approaching, trust me. I know somebody like, well, the preachers have been saying that for 20 years. Yeah, and those didn't imagine they would see everything that's happening right now. So trust me, it's coming. And then the third thing is this, I will refocus my spirit. I will refocus my spirit. Psalm 92 says it this way, it says, it's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To be able to just praise Him and worship Him. 
You know, one of the things that I think that we, we never need to get, we do not need to get away from is church, everybody. Can I, can I give you a good, church, a good church word here for just a minute? We need to be in corporate worship, and we need to be celebrating Jesus. And I'll tell you, it'll add life to you. How many of you have missed for a little while and see the difference in your life whenever you're not in it? I mean, it's true, and and, and it adds value to us, and and whenever we do that, it it brings us to a good place. It's a refocusing of our spirit to give God the first, you see, to give Him the first. And and I want to, I'm just going to say a little bit about this. I'm not going to get on it much, but this is just coming from the heart of a pastor, not a soapbox, but from the heart of a pastor that truly does love you. But I don't know how many times I've watched in the summertime, I've watched hobbies, and all of the fun things that we like to do. And I'm all for all of that. Okay? But all of those things pull people out. Start camping. Go to the lake. And I'm not against anything like that at all. But start doing all those things. And then pretty soon you're out for the next two or three months. And then pretty soon you're out for eight or nine months. And pretty soon life is not going well at all. And it, it never ends well. And I, my name is David. I'm just trying to help is all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to preach at you or, or trying to condemn anybody, but just trying to say there's things to watch out for. It's, it's great to have fun, and we need those things in our life. You need something you like to do, but put God first, and it'll work better. Amen? It's good to praise Him and to lift Him up. But we have a decision to make. And what, what I've tried to do is draw a picture of what it looks like when we're headed in the wrong direction so that you would, and this was my prayer this morning, so that you would be able to recognize that yourself. It's not important for me to know, but it's important for you to know. Say, so, hey, you know what? I'm there. My emotions are inconsistent. I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't have any joy in my life right now, or, or I find myself really in a weak place. I'm, you know, I have temptations, or I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing, you see. I'm responding to this the wrong way. And if all that's happening in your life, the distance between what you know, the wisdom of God, and what you're doing is equal in the pain you experience. And if we will draw that in, we can lower that pain down to nothing, really, depending on how much of God's Word we apply. And we can have the joy of the Lord restored to us, everybody. And I'll tell you, that's a good place to be in. How do you get back? Well, I'm not telling you just come back. But I will say this. If you will apply God's principles to your life, you'll find yourself in the right place. You really will. I'm going to ask you this question. Now, I don't know. I know people think that I'm like, I don't know, that I know. I have no idea. And if you're at the Tazewell location or ladies at the detention center, I have no idea where you are right now. Okay? But I know this. There are some of you right now that have been running from God as hard as you can run. Running. Running from a God that wants something for you, not from you. Running from a God that loves you. It's hard for us to receive that kind of love. Because we're, we're naturally bent toward receiving love if we feel like we deserve it. But the thing about God's love is, is that God's love is unconditional. You see. And we run from that. 
Maybe you're running because you feel like, well, I don't know what God expects from you. I'm telling you, you don't want something from you. You want something for you. I learned from, from the time I was 32 years old and I surrendered my life to Jesus at 32 that I had been running from something that was better, better way better. And all my friends that ever asked me, do you think you'd ever go back? I said, there's nothing to go back to. This is better. It's better. And in a minute, we're going to all say a prayer together. We do that because we're family. And we just do that to help you because sometimes you don't know what to say. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to stand you up. I'm not going to bring you to the front and that kind of stuff. Because really, this is between you and the Lord right now. And the prayer that we're going to do is not what saves you. It's what you mean from your heart, and he knows that. And I'm going to promise you something. If you mean it when you say it, he'll respond to it. He'll respond. He'll change you. He'll set you back on the right track. He'll give you a future and a hope. Sure will. I want to ask you, if you would, all the locations, all of us together, if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to, Ask the teams to come up and help me here for just a minute. But if you're in here right now and you just, you're just tired of running, I'm going to ask you not to run anymore. Can I do that? If, I, if it help, I'd plead with you not to run anymore. To just say yes to Jesus, yes to forgiveness, yes to life, yes to the love of God, yes to God's plan. To just say yes. And if you want to do that right now, if you just want to say yes to Jesus, no matter where you are right now, any of the locations, would you do this right now just before the Lord? Would you just lift your hand up and say, that's me. I see you. God bless you. I see you right here. God bless you. I see you. Yes. Those of you at the Tazewell location, so proud of you right now. Ladies at the detention center, so proud of you. This will be the best day of your life. When you walk into freedom, it's phenomenal. So let's do this like family, all of us together. Let's just boldly lift up our voices and pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And today I will believe that the price you have paid on the cross is more than enough for the sins I have committed. And today, I will trust you as both Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Amen, amen. All right, here's what I want you to do if you would. Let's all stand together. I love this song so much. Because with my background, okay, uh, I guess where, uh, where sin has abounded, grace has much more abounded, you know. Where, where there's been a whole lot of forgiveness, and I've had, I've experienced a lot of that. Where, where I've been able to experience forgiveness and freedom, I can constantly think of just how much I have to be thankful for. Let me ask you something. How many of you would think for even a moment that you've gotten everything you deserve. <laughs> none of us believe that, do we? we? None of us believe that. How many of you have received grace and mercy in your life and you, you haven't? And we have plenty to be grateful for, you see. 
So as we sing this song, let's just sing it with a heart of gratitude. Let's just sing uh, with a heart of thanksgiving before the Lord because He's worthy of it. Amen. Lift him up, church. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. 
Watching it shall we lift up your song Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Praise the Lord So Let's lift him up. All that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, nothing else fit for a king, except for this heart singing Give the Lord a hand of praise, would you? Awesome.